If we didn't have the all hands on deck culture, everybody chipping in, everybody helping out, you, you know, we would have been dead in the water. And it speaks volumes to me, you know, our people and specifically the people on the tech side of the house that just really stepped up big time. And those talented people, they really paid their dividends. Welcome to Profiles by Chain.io. I'm Brian Glick, Chain.io's founder and CEO. Over the coming weeks and years, we'll feature the partners and customers who make up the Chain.io network. We'll focus on learning about the individuals within these companies and how they've helped build the organizations that drive our network. Together, we'll learn what drew them to the industry, why they made it such a big part of their lives, and where they see us all going in the future. In this episode, we'll be talking to Bill Lolly. Bill is the president of Janelle Group. Bill has been in the industry more than 20 years and has done nearly every job up and down a logistics service provider. He's led the integration of acquired companies, led technical leadership positions in customer integration, and maintained very close relationships with everyone he's encountered through the industry. In this episode, we're going to be talking quite a bit about servant leadership and how important it is to be genuine in connecting with not just customers, but also your team to build a positive experience for everyone. And without further ado, here's the episode. Hey, Bill, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. Thanks for having me. So always like to get started really understanding your journey through the industry. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this business? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. You know, I, I really got into logistics. My father was actually in logistics and, uh, you know, I started in high school uh, for extra cash. I used to come in, unload containers, you know, the days before wires and uh, digital check scanners in the office, you know, do the check runs, getting the cash into the bank before three o'clock, making copies of entry packets and, and all that fun stuff. So that was really, really how I started. And then after high school, went off to college and stuck with it a little bit for some part-time work, but kind of got addicted at, a, at an early age. So logistics, it's, it's in my blood. So here I am. Yeah, I've heard so many people across my career, and I find that there's the people who were born into it, and the people who fell into it. Sure. Right. And as one of the people who's fell into it, I've always been a little jealous, I guess, of those of you who have been born into it, because <laughs> uh, it's it's more like a fish to water situation. It feels like. Absolutely. So, yeah. So you obviously have choices in your life, and you've managed to really stay relatively stable. So uh, why did you stay in the business? Uh, what motivated that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the the simple answer is I love it, right? I, I love the I love the business. I love the excitement of it. I love that everything's kind of constantly changing, right? Never, very rarely is there a, a a dull moment in logistics. But I think one of the real big reasons too, uh, you know, I love Janelle Group, and I and I love the people here. Um, I've had so many great opportunities to travel the world meet so many different people and experience so many different things that I probably wouldn't otherwise have been able to do in my life. So it's, it's really, a, I'd say love hate, but you know, I don't hate much of it. I, you know, I certainly get stressed out at times, but it's more love for sure. Little follow-up question on that. You guys, your social media for Janelle yeah. Group sure. is you guys really wear your culture on your sleeve. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, I'm curious what motivates that and, and kind of what it takes to, to create a culture where people are comfortable doing that? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's really a great question. Um, 
you know, obviously, you know, the culture of Janelle, we, you know, I am the benefactor of having a lot of great leaders before me and who have really set the tone. And it's a raise your hand culture. It's, it's an all hands on deck. We're all on the same team. We try to keep it as much of a family type atmosphere as we possibly can. You know, especially in today's world, it's, it's really easy to allow technology and allow growth and expansion to separate us and, and disconnect us a little bit. But the culture of Janelle is 100% driven by the people. Uh, and like I said, I, I've been the benefactor of, of coming into a company and being part of a company that has had a lot of great leaders that have really, everyone has continued to build upon that culture and, and just make sure that everybody feels like part of the team and that everyone can raise their hand and, and ask a question, ask for help and and they're listened to they're you know they're not ignored so i know for chain io one of the things that i've been thankful for this year is uh you know that we put in the effort on the culture in previous years sure that we're now kind of getting the dividends from has that really affected the way that you guys have moved through covid having already having sort of that goodwill in place yeah, sure. Ab- absolutely. And, and you know, getting to COVID and, and everything, it certainly um, it certainly speaks volumes of, of our team. Right. And, and all the people that we've had here and, uh, you know, especially on the, the tech side of the house. Right. It's we were kind of forced into this and, and thrust into it. And if we didn't have the all hands on that culture, everybody chipping in, everybody helping out, um, you, you know, we would have been dead in the water. Uh, and it speaks volumes to me, you know, our people and specifically the people on the tech side of the house that just really stepped up big time. And it was, uh, as I'm sure everyone can relate to it, it was a bit interesting there in, uh, you know, mid early March when, when all the lockdown orders started coming out and it was just, you know, it was a free for all trying to figure out where you could get laptops at and how we could kind of scramble to, to kind of keep the, keep the wheels moving. But it, we did it and I'd like to take more credit myself, right? But like like I said, it, it was absolutely the people of Janelle that just figured out a way, right? We dug in and we figured out a way to get it done and, and keep our customers moving as best we could and keep their freight moving. So I think interesting is a very generous word. <laughs> For sure. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. But yes, I, I agree. Um so you talked about having a lot of leaders before you, right? And, and yeah. setting up that, that groundwork. Who are some of the influences for you? So I, I think, you know, this one was, this one was a pretty, is a pretty interesting question, right? And it's, you know, for, for me, uh, one of, you know, hands down, my biggest influence was my father, right? I mean, he, in the career coming from the industry, you know, originally started working for him and he certainly taught me you know, I, I don't want to say everything I know because, you know, the industry has evolved quite a bit, but the, the core values really stay the same. And, and it's about putting the employees and the customers first and, and making sure that you're making decisions that that are in the best interest of of those two groups, you know, the employees and the customers and and the rest kind of falls into place. But, yeah, hands down, he he was my he has been my biggest influence. You know, I think a lot of the people in Janelle, they, a lot of the sayings that he kind of preached to me over the years have stuck in my head. And a lot of people are probably uh, probably a little sick of hearing some of them. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, they, they certainly uh, have rung true through the years. You know, I, you know, something as simple as, you know, the dullest pencil will always remember more than the sharpest mind. Right. And I think that was a nice way of saying, all right, you know, all right, buddy, I know you think you're going to remember all this, but write it down and, 
it's just, it, it's a phrase that I constantly find myself using. And like I said, I'm sure a lot of people are a little, uh, <laughs> a little tired of hearing them, but, but absolutely it's, it's been a, he's been a huge influence on, on me. And in addition to that, there's been tons of people along the way. And the journey at Janelle has been, um, one that has really evolved. And, you know, I can probably, you know, there's a lot of people that have influenced me over the years and, you know, most of them, most all of them in a positive, a positive way. So I find myself very lucky to have had so many people that have uh, left the mark on me. My, uh, my wife and I were actually laughing over the weekend because there's a slightly off color saying that one of her bosses before we even met okay. uh, had said to her, which was, uh, you can, I'll, I'll tone it down slightly, but you can crap in one hand and hope in the other and see which one fills up first. <laughs> sure. uh, right. But it's very effective. <laughs> yeah, and he absolutely. said that to her, uh, 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. And we're still saying that in our house to this date. Right. So <laughs> those things that we say to the younger people in the in the organization, they really do stick. Right? A- absolutely. And, and yeah. Mostly through repetition. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and to that, you know, to that note, right. I mean, you know, I kind of tone it down a little bit, but, you know, essentially I always took it as it was a nice way of saying, write it down, stupid. Right. Just, yeah. just take out the take out the pen and the notebook and write it down. And to this day, it's it's something that stuck with me and people make comments to this day, uh, that, you know, like, wow, you, you know, you, how do you recall all this stuff? And it's my notebook, right. That from, from an early age in my career, it was preached to me that just, just write it down, make, you know. So I was thinking the other day about how, when I got into this business and I was, came in through the customs brokerage side, yep. uh, that, you know, you could basically describe what our customers did, uh, most who were, you know, mostly consumer goods, wearing apparel and the like, as yeah, of course. they made stuff in Asia, they brought it to Los Angeles and they put it on a truck. Yep. Right. And, sure. I, and, and now the world is much, much more complicated than that. Right. And we're helping, yep. you know, Janelle integrate with people who are moving stuff in all sorts of directions all over the world, multimodal, real time visibility, all of these things, you know, across all these situations. Sure. Uh, for people starting today where, where it's not so simple coming into it, kind of yep. what do you think that the challenges are that they're facing that maybe we didn't, you know, a couple decades ago? Wow. Yeah. So it is a large question, right? And I think, you know, one of the things is, you know, the industry is so large, like you mentioned. And, you know, I think figuring out where to focus is certainly a challenge uh, that people as they're starting out, because I, I do truly believe that being well-rounded and and being able to offer those solutions to your customers is absolutely the name of the game and and what the end goal has to be in uh, in this industry. But you know, for me, I think just finding the right things to focus on up front, finding the things that move the needle for you, uh, figuring out ways to build those relationships and and find the right mentors to uh, to kind of help you help you through your journey. Those are the types of things that you know starting out are immensely important and you know like anything else you're finding that right rolodex of you can't know all the answers but having the rolodex and the people to call and reach out to is is absolutely a a massive challenge that pays huge dividends down the road for you in this industry so together kind of as an industry what do you think the next set of challenges are and i know that we're living we're living through a big one right now but uh, if, if we could if we could, if we could look over the over the top of the hill a little bit kind of yeah, what, yeah. What, or at least the janelle what do you guys see as sort of the next 
things. Sure. Yeah. So for us, um, you know, when, when you think about it, right, you know, fuel costs, driver shortages, equipment shortages, government regulations, um, you know, I, I think about it now, those are the same challenges that I was facing 25 years ago, first starting out in the industry. Um, so I think those are just kind of always going to be there, right? And they're, they kind of just linger forever and, uh, and, and essentially probably 25 years from now are going to be the same challenges. But uh, in terms of something unique to today, I think as we were kind of talking, you know, a little bit before about, you know, how we how we leverage technology and and how we use it to to kind of help us in our day to day. You know, at Janelle, our big focus is out always how do we improve the customer and employee experience? And one of the main ways that we do that is through leveraging technology, but figuring out ways to keep the personal touch. Um, so for me, it is, it is absolutely one of the biggest challenges that we're facing and that we're always trying to remain focused on is how do we, how do we leverage technology? How do we increase the transparency that our customers, uh, demand from us? Right. And, but keep that personal touch and, and keep it so that we can, you know, have the conversations and, and make sure that we're building the relationships, but give them that real time information that they need. So does that influence how you look for customers, you know, or what areas you might focus on when you're, when you're trying to evaluate what a good customer looks like to you, that somebody who wants that personal touch or wants that engagement? Because I know I personally have had customers on, on all, in, all points in that spectrum. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So um, great question. And I know for us, it is, it is absolutely something that, you know, there's times where we have to tell customers that, right, listen, this, this just might not be the right fit for you. Um, you know, some of the, some of the players that are looking for the, you know, the absolute, you know, cheapest, you know, dirt cheap rate in the industry and, uh, and just kind of looking for no service, no solution, just that pure commodity sell on lowest possible rate odds are they're not going to be a great fit. Do, do we have some that, that we can make work? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, the value that, that we bring to the table is not that kind of wholesale commodity sell. The value that we sell is our people, our technology, our investment in the technology, and our industry knowledge, right? We're, we're selling a solution versus a commodity. So are there companies that that doesn't fit with? Absolutely. And, and we're constantly trying to to match ourselves up and, and make sure that we're driving value. Because at the end of the day, if, if we're not driving value, we can we can be swapped out tomorrow and, and the customer won't really miss a beat or, or really feel anything. So we, we absolutely target specific uh, service-oriented customers. Yeah, I used to try to express to customers that you're going to pay us a little bit more on every shipment. But that one shipment, when you need us to be there, you know, at three in the morning on a Saturday night and, you know, your job's going to be on the line. You're going to you're going to really appreciate spending that extra couple dollars. A hundred percent agree. And it's it, it's funny you say that. I was just um, I was just with, you know, I was down in our Houston uh, branch and we had uh, we have a gentleman there who is, he's phenomenal. Right. And it's the saying, right, you're not paying for the 30 minutes it takes me to do the job. You're paying for the 30 years it took me to, to learn how to do the job. And, you know, it was extremely evident to me because we were out. It was a massive move, uh, a C-130 fuselage, right, a, a huge, huge move. And 
he makes it look easy, right? Everything's out there. Everything's coordinated. You know, I was with just because it's more fun than, you know, sitting in an office staring at a computer screen. So you, right. You get out there, you're, you're, you're in the field, you're getting your hands a little dirty, but it's really amazing to sit back and, and watch him kind of coordinate the whole thing. And right. They're paying for us to be there and for John specifically to go out there, coordinate the whole thing. And, it's stress-free for them or, or as stress-free as it can be. And they kind of get to sit back, put their feet up and, and watch him, you know, apply his, you know, 30 plus years of experience to just make it look easy when it clearly is not right. It's, uh, it's certainly, certainly a complex move. So I, uh, I'm always jealous of those of you in the industry who get to move the really cool stuff and have yeah. the, those of us who used to move 30 40 50,000 containers of plastic toys and t-shirts and whatever never <laughs> never get a cool social media picture out of that sure exactly well well don't let me don't let me fool you right we do that too. we do that too i'm not okay. gonna lie the, the the big the big cooler moves are, are few and far between but but it is fun and i always take advantage when i can get out there and and go meet the customers right shake the hands and and, and just get to see it because uh it sure beats like you said moving uh 10,000 40 foot high cubes of widgets, right? From, from China to LA. It, uh, it adds a little, but we love those so. customers too. Yeah, right? Absolutely. They <laughs> keep the lights on. Yep. They keep the lights on. So, well, and they often have problems that are just a little more subtle, right? Yep. Yep. Like origin consolidation and free trade 100%. agreements and all that fun stuff. hundred percent. Yep. So what do you guys have coming up? What's kind of the big priorities at Chanel for the next however long we can all see in front of our noses at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, so aside from the fact, right, that it, it's hard to see more than uh, a week in front of you in the, in the current environment that we are in, uh, you know, barring any uh, drastic lockdowns or, or, you know, kind of spikes in COVID or anything else, um, we are certainly focused, um, you know, one of our big things is, is making technology a core competency of uh, of everything we do and, and building that into the transactions and and making sure that we're using it to enhance the customer and employee experience um that is front and uh foremost and front on our uh, on our agenda um and i think one of the other things that we really are focused on going forward and it piggybacks off the same COVID model, right? Is is just finding, attracting, and developing talent. Uh, I think that COVID absolutely just really highlighted and and demonstrated the need for for a talented workforce and staff. Because I, I can't praise them enough in terms of you know when we got kind of dumped and all right, you know everybody pack up your stuff and go home and and don't come back. We thought it was two weeks. Here we are, eight months later, right? Still kind of. Uh, <laughs> In, in the same boat, but, you know, just making sure that you have those talented staff members because they really made it look easy. And as a management team, right, we, I, I don't think anyone was prepared. You know, we had contingency plans for one or two offices going down due to a natural disaster, but we admittedly didn't really have a plan for the whole country shutting down nationwide for, for eight plus months. But, you know, having those you, talented you did. people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure everyone else did. I mean, everyone else just took it in stride. Yeah, like, absolutely. But, uh, but, you know, I mean, those, those talented people, um, they really paid their dividends. Right. And, and for us, you know, we looked at it and we've been talking about it and, and finding a way to double down on that. And, you know, how can we, how can we find more a talent, talented people? How can we attract more talented people and how can we invest in the talented people we have and, and, you know, and really, really kind of supercharge them and 
and turn them all into, you know, just absolute superstars. So, so that is absolutely on our agenda. And, uh, and one of the other things that we've, uh, that we've been really focused on for the future is, is acquisitions. Um, we, by no means are we the DSV model, right? Where we're just trying to gobble people up and, and then kind of absorb the business and, and cut out all, uh, everybody in our path. We actually have the exact opposite approach. Um, you know, I think probably half of our leadership team now has come through acquisitions and, you know, the way we look at it is a lot of those talented people and staff members and customers and, and all that stuff has come through those acquisitions. So we look at it kind of from the opposite angle that, that some of the bigger players do and that it's it's a great way to strategically grow our company, but also it's a great way to strategically develop our staff and our workforce and, and bring new people and product offerings and that, that really just develop and, and make us stronger as a company. So that is that is certainly our focus and, and it's and it's a lot of fun too, right? It's it's a lot of fun to get out there and talk to new people and meet new people and, and kind of see how they're they're operating and, and dealing with the, the challenges of today. So I'm gonna wrap this up with a, a genuine compliment, which is that in in all these episodes I've done and really in through my career, you hear a lot of people talk about their staff and some of them pay service to them begrudgingly and some of them do it because it's what you're supposed to say. Sure. But you've every single thing I've asked you just bar none, I think in this over this last 24 and a half minutes, you've brought back to your team. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And that is that is probably I'm going to venture it is more rare than you are probably even aware of just because you you live it, right? Absolutely. But it is not yep. the experience that I have had you know, not, certainly not slating anyone in the in the space, but to to really just have that always be the first thought. Uh, you know, I hear why do you invest in technology? Most people, it's it's a cost savings, or it's or the or generously, it's a customer benefit. But to say customer and team in the same breath is 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 pretty rare. So absolutely, so, well, I, kudos on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that, and and I think it it really. Um, yeah, it, it, it certainly uh, highlights the way I feel and, and the way we look at the organization, right? It's like, we, like we've said a couple of times, uh, you know, they make us look good. At the end of the day, um, you know, we, we like to fancy ourselves, right, as being the smartest person in the room. But nine times out of 10, it's, uh, it's the team behind us that really just makes us look good. Thanks so much to Bill for that wonderful episode really appreciate his insights and his genuine care for his team and for everyone he encounters in his work life. And I hope we all took away great lessons on how we can bring a positive environment into our industry and our teams in general. Thanks again. Thanks again.